Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Martin Luther King Middle School, 1985, Edison, New Jersey, Mr. Molnar science class. I said, Mr. Molnar, you're underestimating the brain. (laughs) So I've been thinking about this for quite a while. From ABC, this is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. Gary V, his full name is Gary Vaynerchuk, is uh, an unusual guest for us on a number of levels. As you're about to um, hear, he is a high-octane, 7,300 miles a minute type dude. He got his start as the wine guy. He launched one of the first uh, wine e-commerce websites uh, in America, and he made all these YouTube videos uh, of himself talking about wine, and, and uh, he just took off as a sort of social media star and has now got a whole empire. And uh, he's, he's a businessman. He invests in all sorts of stuff. Um, he has a social media consultancy, um, all sorts of stuff. Unusual, not only because he's, <laughs> he's quite a character, but unusual because while he invests in at least one meditation company and believes in the power of meditation, he does not actually meditate. So we've decided to do this thing. Uh, we did this once before with Josh Groban, where, uh, the singer, where we bring somebody on and we teach him how to meditate live. So that's what we did with Gary. Uh, you can be the judge as to uh, how well it worked. Uh, here we go. Gary V, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Do you prefer Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk? I prefer anything as long as they're thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Always hustling. Always. Um, uh, so just for, for people, for the people who have been living under a rock and don't know much about you, you started, you kind of burst into the consciousness through wine. Yes. Can you just walk me through some sure. of the backstory here. So I'm going to assume, a lot, given the subject matter, a lot of people don't know who I am. I'm an entrepreneur, an immigrant, born in Belarus, the former Soviet Union, and to Dan's point, I was building a very large e-commerce wine business in the mid-90s, early 2000s. I was a pioneer in e-commerce, email marketing, Google AdWords the day it launched, and I did this for my family liquor business in Springfield, New Jersey called Wine Library. But you also, just, I just want to amplify that point a little bit because you might not be comfortable saying this, but you also used your personality through web video talking about wine in a way that nobody else was talking about it. You would you would compare uh, certain flavors of wine to Skittles. And it was, I mean, we did a story on you on Nightline. I mean, you, you really made a cultural impact through the way you were talking about wine. To your point, I built this business as an entrepreneur and then YouTube came. And YouTube looked a lot like e-commerce and the internet, looked a lot like email marketing, looked a lot like Google search ads. It was this new place that I assumed intuitively that it was going to be a place that people paid attention to. There, you couldn't run ads yet. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna talk about wine. I've been learning about it since I was 15. I'm 30 now, this is 10 years ago or so. I'm just gonna review wine on video. And it completely took off, to your point. I mean, when you guys did that story, you know, we're an immigrant family. Like, this was a family gathering, sitting like it was the biggest thing that ever happened in my life. Then Conan and Ellen, and it got crazy, which led me to knowing about Twitter I invested in Twitter, then I really started becoming a voice for social media, and that's probably where my brand to everybody who's listening switched from being the wine guy to the businessman, but the reason I started with the story is I was the businessman the whole time. 
I wasn't a wine critic, I was a wine retail store mm. owner who realized that if you didn't bullshit people and actually gave them good wine reviews, it didn't matter if you were a critic for the Times or a store owner, the proof was in the pudding, right? And so, by the way, I'm sitting here right now with you in the chaos of my life because I believe that mental meditation, that whole genre is the next enormous trend and much more exciting for me because I think it's gonna help a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fun when the trend you believe in has a lot of good behind it. You know, I think if you're in the trend of like, I believe that, you know, fur coats are gonna be hot, that's fine and I'm an entrepreneur and I believe in that and like good, but if you're like, hey, I believe the trend is healthier food, if you can win and it's something that's good for society, I don't think I've been more excited about any trend of human behavior than my belief that every single person in the world will meditate not too distant future in some shape or form and the consumerization of it, the capitalistic nature of it. Listen, I'm not Mother Teresa. (laughs) I'm intrigued by this because I think this is the fitness industry and the health food industry a decade ago. I think that compounds it. I do see the good in capitalism as somebody who was born in a communist country. I think I'm gonna bring more awareness to it because my intrigue of it, which then helps people. So this is interesting for me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I should say, we've met each other socially many, yep. many times. The, uh, the Okay, I have a million questions to ask you, <laughs> and I'm trying to pick where to start. But we'll, I wasn't planning to ask this, but since you talked about the commercialization yes. of meditation, there are a lot of people who get nervous about that. They hear a and guy like you they or should. me. Get, and they talk, should. Yeah, okay. So. They should. But that's because they're romantic. They should the same way that some of the people in the Web 2.0 movement were worried that I was at South by Southwest 2006. They're like, you're a businessman. You're not a hippie that wants to change the world through mobile phones. And I said, yes, but I'm one of the reasons you're gonna change the world. If you're a complete 100% purist and romantic and ideological about things, then you're never gonna hit scale. The reason all these great things hit scale is because the human spirit of amplification comes from self-interest. Some people love finding a new band and being an indie band, and their self-interest is they're the cool person that finds the indie band. Other people like to find an indie band, sign them, and make lots of money, because their interest is to make money and blow up that band. Punchline is they both actually win. The indie band who discovers it gets to say, I was on that trend early, then they sign, they say they sell out, they hate them, right? But they go mainstream and all these amazing people get to hear their amazing music. I'm very empathetic to somebody who's grown up in being a person that meditates when it was seen, when, when 20 years ago people would make fun of them or be silly. And I, I, I really associate with that feeling because I've always been a pioneer in my things. New Zealand wines, French wines, Spanish wines becoming big in the US, I was right. Social media, I was there, I was right. It changes but they should understand that if they truly love the impact, wouldn't you much rather have 85% of humans doing this, even though some of them think it's cool, or it's like just do it, or soul cycle, or would you rather have 4% of people doing it, and it's this little thing? I think if you actually care about it, 
you do want it to scale, but I'm empathetic to the purest of any genre, including meditation. Yeah, I agree with you. I would just say with a small asterisk, asterisk, which I think you probably will agree with, it should scale in the right way. It should the, the, be scaled the, the pro- not by pro- people who know what they're doing. The problem is that's not how it works. <laughs> Okay. Right? Like, like, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Show me when that's happened. It never happens. When it starts to scale, the right people with the right intent aren't always the full percentage of everybody. It's just, it's never happened. It's not how humans work. I'm just a really pragmatic, practical dude, which is, uh, it's all about alternatives. If a hype man comes along and screws up meditation. Like, is Headspace and Calm and Inscape, are these the right way? To some people, yes. To people that have been doing it longer, no. But they're gonna be a lot better than what you see in four years. Wait till you see the characters that come across in four years. They're gonna be the biggest corporations in the world, and they're gonna ruin it. And then what's gonna happen is there'll be a pushback to the ruining it, and new micro people that do it the pure way will find their way. So we gotta let the hype cycle play out. You need the hype cycle to get it into everybody's mindset. I'd rather that happen. I know that there's a lot of people who are, have anxiety, stress, all these things that don't know this is happening, are gonna see it from somebody uh, that really knows how to reach people, a Vince McMahon, a Barnum and Bailey, right? You know, And they're gonna become aware of it, they're gonna download an app, they're gonna go to a studio, they're gonna benefit, and, the, and a lot of people will not like that that was the first person because their meditation wasn't as strong, it was watered down, its intent was commercial, but it's the gateway for that person to then graduate, right? There's a lot of people that are doing way better exercising today. The gateway was a Gold's Gym or, 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 or Richard Simmons or, or you know, these, you know, you know, you know Equinox, whatever, whatever you want to critique. Coming from the wine business and hanging out with fancy friends like you, <laughs> There's always somebody who's going to snob it up more, right? Right. You got to upgrade your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, but but very honestly, I saw this in the wine business, right? The, you know, the a yellowtail and a Santa Margarita and a Kendall Jackson are made fun of by every sommelier and hardcore wine fan that I know. The problem is that's the gateway to the next right. thing. Right. So I'm not going to be upset if the reason somebody gets into meditation is somebody cookied them and got them to download their app, I'm excited because that may be the stepping stone for them to really find that mental paradise that they're looking for that I think really needs to happen. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. And And an optimistic way, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Um, Before we get more into you and meditation, I just want to talk a little bit more about you the personality, yeah, yeah. the businessman. Yeah. yeah, and you've written a bunch of books. I have. Um, can you just throw, sure. throw some of the titles out? Uh, Crush It, uh, Thank You Economy, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I've written four business books. Some of them are psychology-based. Some of them are very practical. They've all been around social media to one way or another. And what is what would you say is the core message? Because I, I would I would whittle it down, and you, you'll probably Please. correct me, to hustle. I do think work ethic is the most controllable of things. I do think that if you're listening to this right now and you're not 100% happy, that you know, you're in control. Now you're not in control to your hard wiring. You may be a pessimist, you know, I said optimist, right? Just a few minutes ago, I look at everything optimistically. I think that's my advantage. I think cynicism and, and, and pessimism is defense and it doesn't allow people to achieve their things. But I do think that if you're trying to achieve something, 
the one thing I know that you have way more control over than your talent or how pretty you are or what family you were born into or where you grew up is if you decide to spend three more hours doing that thing versus watching House of Cards or playing Madden football or being on three softball teams or going and playing darts and drinking you know, beer at five o'clock every Friday in the spring and summer, that funny things happen. Now, do I think if you played basketball every day, 18 hours a day, that you become LeBron? I do not. But I do think you become a much better pickup basketball player against your friends. And so I just think that hustle, aka hard work, feels like the piece of advice that I can inspire into people that actually manifests into something other than dream it and it will come. Or try, you know, like, like I just don't think people are practical about things. What's your day like? <laughs> I wake up at 6 a.m. Um, when I'm in New York, which is 60% of the year, 40% I'm traveling. I wake up at 6 a.m., I work out from six to seven. I have a full-time health employee, which means I have a nutritionist slash trainer who travels with me and lives and shows up every day with me. And I should say, because when I first met you, you were not as lithe as you are now. Now you're like cut. Yeah, I mean, we ran into each other like in the street or somewhere at some conference and you made a note, you made a note now. It's getting better and better. Yeah. And No, I mean, we saw each other at a wedding and I, yes. was, I, I didn't even recognize yes. you for a minute. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I'm very happy. I, we were saying right before we started, this stuff is binary, right? You can't be half pregnant. I mean, I know it's fancy schmancy. To, all my friends make fun of me for having somebody I pay a lot of money to to travel with me. <laughs> then I make fun of them for buying fancy cars and art because I think this is a much better investment. Yeah, but you you you've taken a one percent or option here. Not most of us don't have correct. Yeah. And I don't and I don't take that lightly. And I don't try to be fancy. What I say is hack your reality. I got to a place financially where I could afford it, and then that became the way I figured out that I could really get better at health. And so not everybody's gonna be able to afford going to Asia and, and India and meditate. But maybe it's an app, maybe it's a studio, maybe it's something you find free on the internet and you do in your living room. You deal within your reality. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, so I wake up at six, six to seven and then by, you know, spend a little time with the kids and get them to school kind of thing. And then by eight o'clock I'm in my first meeting and usually I get home around 10, 11 PM. Wow. Very That's a long late. day. It's a very long day. And if you really understood that I don't waste one minute, um, th- my big thing is not how much I sleep cause I try to sleep six, seven hours cause I think it's important. It's that I am so programmed that I think I'm accomplishing a week's worth of work for many in an actual day. Because I think when you windle down lunchtime, when you windle down drinks, when you windle down watching YouTube videos that your high school friends sent you, that people are not working as much as they think in that 40, 45, 50 hour week. And I think I've been able to accomplish a lot of things professionally because I'm getting a lot done. But what about chilling? What about like just hanging with your wife? Or yes, what do- weekends all in, seven weeks vacation, which is aggressive. Because I have to, because it's binary, right? I have to be completely out, right? Um, and you know, I'm very blessed. And, like I love what I do so much. It's almost, you know, I almost feel a weird guilt. I think a lot of reasons why I put out a lot of content besides the narcissistic. I like the attention. That's just very real. I'm not naive to that. On the flip side, getting a hundred emails a week that you changed my life is fun. Yeah, it's impact. Yeah, yeah. People don't come to your funeral because you made a billion dollars. People come because you meant something to yes. them. And so um, I, I think my work is my chilling. Like I'm far less comfortable when I'm chilling than when I'm grinding 18 hours a day. It's my happy zone. 
I'm a workaholic, no question, but I will tell you, it is my balance, it's my, you know, it's my place, I'm very happy there. That's really interesting. I share a lot of that, although I will say, and it'll be interesting since I have you sitting here and you maybe I'll just get some free advice out of you, I will say that in the last couple of months, I feel like I can feel myself burning out a little bit. Like I've just one too many things on my plate and I'm, I'm starting to like uh, be unpleasant. My intuition, knowing you from afar, is that's awesome because you're gonna do something about it and it's not about being burnt out, it's about recognizing it early enough that you can adjust to that reality. I realized I needed to take seven weeks vacation, six weeks vacation, two years ago when I was at two weeks. Because I'm like, look, I'm just not spending enough time with my family, and I want to, and so I just adjusted. I am checked out on the weekends. I'm coming home earlier on Fridays now. I'm like just hacking, and here's my point. When people complain they don't have enough money, I tell them they should work more or work smarter. When my rich or successful friends, and you know, because I grew up in the social media world, and a lot of them went public, and a lot of crazy things happened, when they complain that they don't spend enough time with their family, and they have the resources, I tell them the reverse, which is, Spend time with your family. <laughs> Don't, like, you made your bed. The one thing I won't do is complain. There is no woe is me. I'm making choices. But the other thing is I'm not interested in conforming to the current politically correct point of view on issues. Like, if you look at what's politically correct and accepted and easy to say over dinner to look good, it changes all the time. Mm. You know, like, so I'm not also, I'm not gonna pander to my friends who say, Gary, you should spend more time with your kids. I'll say, Rick, I know you. You come home and you drink eight Budweiser's, you go into your man cave, you play Madden, you watch Sports Center, and you're physically there, but you're not mentally there. So who's right? I think, you know, for me, just being, because I have a two-year-old and I balance a lot of this stuff too, it's really about when you're there, you gotta be, be there. there. Yes. And I, I, and that, by the way, that's hard. It's very hard. And you're a newsman, you know, so like, you're like almost built to be ready to spring into action at any moment, which has got its own kind of like very similarity to being a CEO and entrepreneur, which is everything is my fault, everything is my responsibility, it's super lonely, and all my life is about is headaches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. We've, we've glamorized, by the way, one of the reasons I'm passionate about this, and I'm gonna make a very big statement here, my world of startup culture and entrepreneurship is not talking about suicide enough. We've painted a very fake narrative that entrepreneurship is cool. All of a sudden, I'm taking selfies every day because entrepreneurs have been put on this pedestal over the last five years. Everybody thinks they're cool. They're following all of us on Instagram. I've got 1.6 million followers, it's ludicrous. It became the cool thing. And we're not talking about how lonely and hard it is. Huh. So kids are getting tricked into thinking it's easy, that it's all about private planes and models and bottles and all this stuff. They start a business and then it fails. And now their identity of being a startup founder because they put it in their Instagram profile has been shattered and they don't know how to handle it. And so I want to have way more honest conversations around entrepreneurship and that was one of the gateways that brought me to meditation a little bit because I wanted people to have other things that could balance out what they're dealing with because this stuff is intense. Um, that's a really interesting point. I'm glad you raised it. And you also got us to meditation. Um, you wrote an article, I don't know what your current stance on this, but uh, you wrote an article in which you said, I think meditation's the next, really, the next big wave. It's gonna be a huge cultural force but I don't meditate and I don't want to meditate. I am scared to bullshit, even though everybody, you know, when they first meet me, they think I'm bullshit because I'm a good, I'm a charismatic character and I'm a salesman. 
So I thought it was important. I really wanted to talk about it because I like being historically correct and I wanted to get it on paper. It was about two years after. I've been thinking about this for quite a while. And so I put it out there. I'm glad I did because you saw it and that got us conversating and now I'm here. Um, but I had to put that in there because I would have felt that I was a hypocrite and I would have innuendoed. I didn't, you know, I could have left it out, but I had to put it in there because I didn't want to innuendo that I did it. And I know that I don't do it for something I make fun of, which is being romantic about a point of view. I am so thankful for the serenity and peace that I have in my body. I've literally taken a comical point of view. This is true. A comical point of view that I shouldn't meditate because what if I, I'm in such a good place, what if it might do, I believe in it so much that I'm like, wait a minute, could I be the reverse? <laughs> could I actually uncover something that could be trip me up? Um, I've, uh, you know, I have a venture fund. I invested in a company called Inscape, which has a studio here and an app. I went, I did meditate for the first time for real. It was hard. It was hard for me. Um, and not like hard, you know, I've all my, all my friends, so many of my friends are, are meditating and they told me, do this, do this. You know, it's binary. I wanted to be in shape when I first met you, but I wasn't all the way there yet, and so I was half pregnant. Clearly, three years ago, I made a decision on my health. I'm sure somewhere along the line that may or may not happen with this, but just because I don't right now or haven't for 15 years or didn't grow up in a family of it, it is black and white obvious to me that this is going to be a massive consumer and and cultural trend, and I'm so pumped you're doing this, Dan, because you're just gonna be right and it's gonna open up opportunities for you and your family because, and I know you're passionate about it because I know how you roll and so it's cool. Like The whole thing is amazing. It feels like social media 2005 for me all over again. Everybody's gonna do it. I can't wait to see the t-shirt that everybody wears in four summers that's gonna piss off the purists, <laughs> but everybody's gonna have it. I can't, there's going to be a fashion brand that owns this space. It's gonna make a lot of you that are listening puke, it's, <laughs> but it's gonna happen and I hope you take the optimistic point of view that it means that people are doing it. So, okay. In our remaining time here, you've, you, I want to say two things. One is um, any meditation person who's going to be honest with you should say that actually there is the chance that you will face some ugly stuff in meditation and, and who you know, it, it could change you. So, I mean, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it's not yeah, unprecedented. Listen, I get it. So I just want to say that. Yep. The second thing I want to say is I have a rule and I'm not going to break it now, which is I never – ever tell somebody they should meditate because there's nothing more annoying than doing that. However, after the break, what we're going to do here, you might notice. one of the great moments of my life is about to happen. One of my favorite meditation teachers, Corey Mascara, uh, is going to join us in the studio and he's going to offer Gary a brief primer. Hear what happens when we come back. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to tell you, I feel so much better when I talk about my anxiety instead of keeping it bottled up. There's an expression that I first heard from the great researcher and also Zen practitioner Robert Waldinger, never worry alone. Our temptation many times is to keep it bottled up, but the data really show that the people who do the best in life, who live the longest and are the happiest, have strong relationships with people with whom they can talk about whatever's going on in their lives. And for me, therapy is part of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you might give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash happier today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash happier. Happier. 
As they say at Amica, empathy is our best policy. Whether you need auto, home, or life insurance, they're ready to help you protect the things that matter most to you. They're a mutual company, customer-owned, in service to you. Amica representatives are here when you need them, and you can take comfort knowing a real person will be there on the phone to take care of you because the greatest measure of their success is your satisfaction. Hey there, it's Mara Schiavocampo from Good Morning America. Like so many people, I've struggled to find that perfect balance between health and happiness. Name a diet, I've probably tried it. Crazy workout plan, yep, I've done that too. But I learned it was my approach that was actually weighing me down. After losing 90 pounds, I discovered it's not just about reaching a healthy weight, it's about finding peace and freedom. I have a podcast called Motivated, focused on all things health and wellness. Join the conversation. Search Motivated on Apple Podcasts and subscribe today. Corey, thank you for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, pleasure. I love both of you guys. Thank you, man. So uh, before we get started, do either of you have anything you want to say? Do you have a question for Corey? Corey, do anything you want to say based on what you just heard from Gary Vee? Um, no, I mean, I've been listening the whole time and I, I love everything you're saying. And, uh, you know, Dan's thing is his rule is he doesn't impose meditation on anyone. Uh, so he brings me in and I also have <laughs> the same rule. So, uh, it, it's funny what brings us all here together. Um, you know, one thing I, I will say is Please. just, um, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Just this idea, like I'm thriving right now. Everything is running well. I'm a, a well-oiled machine. And before you finish your next sentence, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah. My whole life, even when I wasn't. I have such a, you know, this is my opportunity to just give a huge shout out to my parents. Things are always, like, if I told you that I wake up every morning and make pretend that my mother, wife, or children died, like, if I told you what it felt like, if you opened me up and could put math against my chemicals and feelings, it would stun you. I not only am thriving, I'm always thriving because I'm completely driven by gratitude. 100%. Yeah. Like my perspective is so wired in guys. Like tomorrow VaynerMedia goes out of business. I say awesome because now I can rise like a phoenix and everybody's going to make fun of me and say I knew he was bad. Like like I am so mentally prepared for everything always because I'm I'm just I'm empathetic to the reality of the, like the empathy that runs, it's why I'm a good salesman, by the way. It's the empathy, mm. right? Because I know, you know, and so, yeah, man, it's it's so, inti- like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, this is me making a statement in the form of a question, to be honest with you. It's just this very good place. It's not as, it's not this kind of like alpha guy saying things are good now. Like, like I, my, for the first 18 years of my life, I was told I was a loser because I was a DNF student. But in my brain, I knew I wasn't. I knew what was gonna happen. I knew where I was. I knew where my emotional intelligence sat. I knew that peer pressure had no shot on me because I knew who I was for myself. So it's interesting, right? Like people know me now, but they didn't know me when I was making $34,000 a year and I was this guy. And when things were tough for me, I would still be there for everybody. Like I'm in this, I was self-aware at a very young age that something was going on inside of me that was a very good thing in the long term. Hmm. Yeah, um, and and when I you know 
when I say or when I said like you're you're yep. thriving, because I follow your stuff and uh, it it comes with that understanding of um, it's in a very pure way with the an appreciation for where you're at and it's coming. What I love about you, Gary, is like you're. You embody so much of what people are looking to get out of a meditation practice in the first place. So a, a natural conclusion that. in this conversation would be, well, why do I have to do that? Don't I have everything? <laughs> uh, not that you're, you're saying that, but um, I have a lot of what somebody would be looking for in the first place. Um, and, and so for there, I think we could shake hands and say, keep doing what you're doing. No, but I'm too smart. I know that you've got commas after that sentence, right? <laughs> yes. Like there's, there's, there's these other things. And I think, look, you always try to get better, right? Sure. You know, and look, and I, you know, I was happy with the word I used. I took a comical, I genuinely believe, I know when I'm a caricature of myself, I know when I start veering into shtick mode, like, because I became so passionate about the space commercially, and like, and just, again, like I framed up early on, wow, this is great, this is gonna be huge, and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of human beings are gonna be in a much better place. Ooh, I'm really excited to be on this wave, right? Um, I I feel like I manifested that. You know what's so funny? Time is the thing that probably scares me the most, right? And then again, you get you know I say that to friends in truth, and they're like three minutes, five minutes. So I'm not naive. I'm sure there's tons of benefits, and I almost can't wait to maybe you know I thought it would be that investment. I kind of weirdly subconsciously invested in that company to maybe force myself to do it. Maybe it's maybe I I said yes probably right now because maybe this is the moment. I, I genuinely believe it's an inevitable outcome that something's going to trigger and I'm going to go into it. Yeah. I love it. There's so much self-awareness. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, you're already... sitting here smiling. Just because you, you're not hearing me, I just want to be clear. I'm sitting here smiling because the two of you are hilarious. So just oh, doing it. Go I'm just going to step back. Um, so, you know, when I work with executives, leaders, mm-hmm. CEOs and stuff, it, many of them are already functioning at a very high level. They wouldn't be where they are in the first place. And, and so, as you already know, this stuff is in um, – Anytime, it, why you exercise? It's refinement, right? You mm-hmm. could you could download P ninety X and do that. Why hire someone? Because mm-hmm. it's going to give you that extra mm-hmm. edge. Um, and so I was talking to Dan before we even started this. Uh, a lot of what I've been talking about lately is like the idea that happiness is in the margins, right? Um, happiness is not going to be the, the big one hundred percent thing that I'm looking for, and then I get there and like, oh, my life is good. It's usually like the three percent extra of like, oh, I had a conversation with my kid and I was really there, and the accumulation of that over time. It's like, wow, a reflection of a life well lived. I would also uh, argue mm. that success is in the margins, growth is in the margins, the competitive edge is in the margins, and. Um, Mindfulness meditation often gets reduced to uh, relaxation, gets reduced Mm. to being settled, Mm -hmm. tranquility. And um, I actually hate that. And you'll never hear me really use the term, um, all right, let's just relax right now. It's a byproduct in many ways, right? Why would anxious people be doing this in the first place? So there is that element to it. But it is this cultivation of self-awareness. Now, when you start entering in through that realm of like tuning into what's here, Holy crap! Like we're going well beyond just oh, I'm I'm doing this for peace. Like we're we're bringing often to the surface um, all of our different trigger points, all of um, the things that may be holding us back in the biggest ways. How to be with fear? How to be with discomfort? So, can I ask you a question? Sure. Could that be happening in real time at all times? So one of the weirdest. Like now I'm in like really like I knew this was gonna I knew this was gonna be fun because. Listen, I, I just have a really interesting question. And like, I'm kind of, you know, I don't like to say this out loud because I'm just laughing at how everybody's gonna respond to this. 
I'm literally living two lives at the same time, always. Mm. Even right now. Like even as I'm talking right now. Like I've, the reason I'm asking you is what you were just describing, I'm like, oh, that's what I do every minute. I'm living my life and in real time, almost like a program that's running on the back of your computer, I'm evaluating and feeling myself in real time. Yeah. Like I feel, I, I don't even know if this exists. This is where I do no homework. That's why I was an F student, everybody who's listening. <laughs> I'm probably gonna ask a question. You're like, yes, it's called the blah. I weirdly think intuitively, and I could be completely out of my mind, um, that I think, I feel like I'm meditating at all times. Yeah. I think in many ways you are. And if you want my definition of, of wisdom, yeah. um, it's uh, experience times attention. Meaning whatever we're going through in life, how we're attending to it, that informs just our understanding of it, how we grow from it. What about what about old soul and like 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 wise beyond your ears years or intuition, right? Like one of the things that always freaked me out as a 20-year-old kid, I'm building, you know, I built my family business. I, first year I run my business, it goes from, a, my family business, it goes from a three to a $10 million liquor store. It like stunned everybody, but to me it just, I just knew what to do. Like what about those things? Yeah. Because it, I agree with you, experience is huge. Like I'm way more powerful now because I've been through it, right? But so sometimes you're Yoda. Sure. But sometimes you're like, you know, Luke Skywalker, like, like I don't know, like sometimes you just have a lot of it right from the get. <laughs> totally, yeah, I agree. <laughs> what are you, Dan? Funny? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, laughing at you. Like, I think it's true. There are. I, I am not one of these people. I want to be clear, but there are people <laughs> who are naturals in certain areas, and um, the I don't know how to exactly evaluate what you described. This 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 kind of action and monitoring. In functions parallel. in parallel. And but, it's vivid to me, right? Yeah. Like it's not just like in like it's not like post game, like wait a minute. Like it's like I can feel it happening as it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is very close to I'm not in your mind, so I'm being a little cagey here, but it's very close to what happens in mindfulness, which is in meditation, which is just the ability to see what's happening in your head without getting carried away by it. And where would that be valuable in a life like Gary V's? It would be like and again, I don't know no, you well ahead, enough to, but it's like, right. it's, you know, it, that moment when maybe you say the thing that you kind of wish you didn't say, um, you might be able to see that storm brewing before it hits Well, landfall. let's talk about that. Yeah. I do a lot of public speaking. Mm. And because I have this, the reason I do all improv and do Q&A and do Q&A with all 800 people from my office is I'm never scared to say anything because when I say something that may not have worked, cursing in the deep south or 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 telling every TV executive that they're going to be out of business because OTT's coming and commercials and like saying things that don't play I react to that in real time and then hedge or adjust to make sure people get a little bit more comfortable so we can continue because it wasn't a death blow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think what I found is that with meditation, I'm less likely, especially in interpersonal relationships, to say the thing that I would then have to hedge. I still do it all the time. If my <laughs> wife were here, she would tell you, this dude says stupid stuff all the time. But and it's not just about what you say. It's about what you eat or what you find yourself ruminating about. Um, whatever, yeah. it, it really is just a way to kind of in the margins, cut down on how, our how suffering. How often do you meditate? Me? Every yes. day. Every, Every day. day, yes. For how long? Two hours. Really? Yes, but I hesitate to tell you that because I think five to ten minutes is enough, and the reason why I'm doing That's two okay. hours is because I'm really interested in it, 
And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to write more books about it, and I need some stuff to write about. And two hours is, you know, like a good gambit. Two hours? Yes. What time? Whenever I can, wherever I can. And whatever. No, there is no normal. My schedule is crazy. I anchor a a morning show on the weekends. I anchor a nightline during the week. I have a startup company. I write, I'm writing, I got three more books coming. I got a podcast. I got a kid. I do it whenever I can. I'm Gary V style, hustling mindfully. That's really cool. So like literally three to 5 p.m. that could happen. No, and, and it's but straight? I break it up. Okay, I break it, it up. It. I can do so. I did an hour before I came here, and then I'll probably do an hour afterwards before I go to dinner. And, that's and you, my man? Yeah. Uh, I, so I go in and out. My commitment to myself is one minute a day because it's a very low barrier to entry. Yes. Very hard to argue yourself out of one minute. Very you know, hard. If you start saying I don't have one minute, we really got to evaluate some things going on. In no, your that's life. real. Yeah. So for me, when I, I, I love travel, that because a lot. that's interesting. I mean, that's that's just you're so passionate about the space. You like it, you you want? Did you? back into that to try to figure out if this is working for you so that you could then be passionate about saying it and thus could be very consumable to everybody? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. You know, I did the the mm-hmm. 20 hours a day of meditation and my heart <laughs> is very intense. Like, I, I love that. Um, I'd much more do like six hours on a Monday and then not meditate the rest of the week. You know, week. you told me that you went six months? Yeah, yes. In Burma. So, like, it's so crazy how extreme I am. I go from not doing it he tells me that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go do it for a year. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna do that. I'm, it's, sounds, you know, it's funny. My favorite places on earth are the bathroom, the shower, and the airplane. Yeah, Why? Because it's where I can do some version of this. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna jump in for a Sorry, second because we're supposed to no, no, no. Yes. Because, well, it's because Gary, you are yes. into time management, yes. and I guaranteed we would keep yes. to time. So we've got about six minutes left. Can we do a three, two to three minute meditation? You want to do that? For, yes, yeah. sir. And what cool? I am you gonna do, say? You cool though? with that, Gary? Hell yeah! I'm okay. excited to see what okay. he does. I don't want to give you the generic. Don't uh, do whatever. You, don't don't do you whatever you want. Yeah. So I just want to preface it by saying um, there's a form of meditation called open presence, uh, choiceless awareness, and if you look at the science, this is the the form of meditation most associated with creativity. The idea of it is instead of redirecting your attention like back to the breath or back to the body, you're actually just sitting and observing your thoughts, whatever's going through your mind. So for someone like you that I see as thriving and everything that's already going well there, uh, like we're not trying to mess with this, I think this is a way kind of just to enhance what's there without kind of um, interjecting too much. So we yeah. cool? let's do yeah. that. All right. By the way, before we do this, just to like mix up, because I'm sure a lot of your content is going to take one direction, I just want to add a different spice. It's why I fell in love with social media. I only like to observe. For a guy that talks all the time, people have completely confused what I'm actually up to. I'm in full-time listening, and what social did was allowed me to listen at scale. Hmm. You know, early on, I would search every word on Twitter. It was called surmise.com, and I would search how people talked about wine, tones, adjectives. So, like, it's really interesting that you went there because that seemed very intuitive to me. I'm like, that's what I do. Like, I, when I'm at the airport, I'm watching what every single person does, and that's when I'm in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Meditation could be described as active listening. Totally. Yeah. I, I think what we're going to do here, I you think might one of notice. The great moments of my life is about to happen. <laughs> yes. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. All right. So um, if you want to close your eyes, you can. We'll all do the same. Uh, I always like to start any beginning meditation just settling in for a moment. Like going through life is like going through one of those conveyor belts in the airport. So it's extra fast. And so we're just taking a moment to settle into being off of that on stable ground. Maybe feeling the feet on the floor, the butt in the chair, the back against your backrest. And just acknowledging in this moment 
there's no place else you need to be, nothing else you need to do, and nothing you need to achieve. And what we're going to take this opportunity to do is really just tune in on a deeper level to what's already here. And so typically we might anchor our attention at the breath or feel the feet on the floor. Instead, what I'd like for us to do is just simply become aware of the mind and notice if it's thinking right now. And whatever it may be thinking about. Such as, like, I'm going to go away for a year, or this is awesome, or this is weird. And all I want you to do is just watch these thoughts moving through your mind, just like clouds passing through the sky. Letting the mind think about whatever it wants to. but not holding on to thoughts so tightly and not trying to bring them up. Just watching this activity of the mind. can do so with the understanding that we're here right now, the body is grounded, we're settled, and yet watch the mind's potential for creativity, ideas, the future, the past. We're not trying to change any of this, we're just observing the magic and the potential. Maybe in the last moment here, just taking a, an opportunity to appreciate that. The brain, the mind's potential for thinking about the future, reflecting on the past, coming up with new ideas, energizing us. And when you're ready, you can gently allow the eyes to open again. So I thought about Phil Toronto's birthday party tonight. A <laughs> um, couple of things I have to do in the office. It's so interesting. I'm, re you know, I I'm saying this because I want to be honest with the audience. It's so, you know, it takes real, you know, in a world where my mind is just now. I fall asleep immediately. Yeah. And sleep like a baby every night. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's funny. I never lay down and think about stuff and can't fall asleep. But the couple times I flirted with meditation, this the other day at the studio, it's not easy for me. It was interesting to me, like I'm trying to like communicate here to make this interesting, right? It's interesting how I heard you but I didn't fully hear you, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Um, That's a revelation right there. How so? Because we, it just, it is 
proof of the way the mind works. We think we're paying attention. We're not. Yeah. I could see it. I thought about like this. I thought about a wine I sold. It's so funny. It was just recapping themes that were going on here. I thought about the wine store because we brought it up. I thought about the thing I was doing tonight and like how thankful I was because Phil's such a good guy uh, and I'm in town. <laughs> I'm yeah. so happy. I, I you know, it, it's really interesting. And then like I would go in and out, right? Like I could hear you for a second, but there was plenty of things that like I was like, oh, he's got a nice voice. But it, what did he actually say? And like, <laughs> like just like, it's 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 fascinating. Listen, one thing I will say, and I think it's a fun thing to to wrap up with, is we do not know a lot about the brain. Mm. Or yeah, that or, just or the mind and what the connection right, is between right. the two of them. There's a lot there, mm-hmm. and when you think about like what we didn't know about the heart or about the lungs or about our muscles, like years and years ago, things we figured out. People always forget that everything is historical. Like we think because we're in this time, like remember when like, so we make fun of like, how didn't they know cigarettes were gonna lead to cancer? You mean like the same way people are gonna make fun of us for putting phones to our brains? Like, like I don't wanna get all weird here, yeah. but, like, but like that knowledge that that's true around this subject matter is the thing that gives me unbelievable optimism for the human race. Mm. Well, let me just say quickly Please. in wrapping up that I think you had the the first both he, at the studio, Inscape, and here, you had the first big insight of meditation, which is the mind is crazy. That is really the first thing you have to see because you can't get a, a toehold. You can't start to manage it in any way if you don't see the insane torrent of of our internal lives. Martin Luther King Middle School, 1985, Edison, New Jersey, Mr. Molnar science class. I said, Mr. Molnar, you're underestimating the brain. <laughs> so I've been thinking about this for quite a while. Closing thoughts, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give you Any, one. Anything from Mr. Molnar? Yeah, uh, I got one from Victor Frankl. So this guy wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. He says, between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I think so much of what you are helping people do and you're already doing for yourself is just starting to see that space, that you have a choice in every single moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Start taking some control. You have the autonomy. um, And there's infinite possibility in each moment in most cases. So uh, you're thriving, man. You're doing great. Thank you so much, uh, man. Gary, thank you. Okay, that does it for another edition of the 10% Happier Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to subscribe, rate us. Also, if you want to suggest topics you think we should cover or guests that we should bring in, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan B. Harris. Importantly, I want to thank uh, the people who produce this podcast, Lauren Efron, Josh Cohan, and the rest of the folks here at ABC who helped make this thing possible. We have tons of other podcasts. You can check them out at abcnewspodcasts.com. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Once upon a beat, remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. 
Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.